Congresswoman Caitlin Collier says that this proposal is meant to protect their Second Amendment rights. I'm proposing that the city of Spokane Valley issue a proclamation stating that our city is a Second Amendment sanctuary city. Today on Church and State, is Putin at death's door? We'll also be covering Starbucks Workers Union celebrates Hamas attacks on Jews, plus a local leftist activist gets arrested. Hello, Christian patriots, and welcome to Church and State, where we strive to plug you into the pew and plug you into politics. And I am your host, Caleb Collier, once again, your favorite far-right shock jock and the most schizophrenic show you listen to on a daily basis. Hey, I have had a lot of Red Bull, just letting the audience know, so uh, be prepared for that. I've also decided for some odd reason to go gray man today. I don't, I don't understand why I picked this outfit, but I'm totally in gray. Actually, to be quite honest, I'm the exact opposite of a gray man. There is no chance I am hiding from anyone. Hey, uh, go to churchandstate.media. Utilize our website because that's why we built it, right? Uh, download the shows, share them with your friends, family, neighbors, uh, all of your favorite leftists out there because they love us. They get really excited about church and state. Um, also, uh, take advantage of our affiliates. We got great affiliates on the show. I'm going to showcase one of my favorites, and it is the s'mores. Look, it's getting cold outside. I know all of you guys want to build a fire. Um, you know, for me, I was chopping wood this weekend. Two days of just nonstop harvesting wood. I'm a little sore, but uh, I've got some burn piles, and I might uh, make some s'mores. But if you can't do that outdoors... Maybe you want to take advantage of these. You can make grilled cheese sandwiches. You can make s'mores right in your toaster. And it's a local business. It's a great one to support. They also do that cool photo brick. Uh, I won't go into that too much right now, but Christmas is coming. And that's a great gift for your wife, for your family. We are doing some fundraising as of late on Church and State. Uh, We've talked about this a little bit on previous shows, but uh, we find ourselves in a position where we've, uh, we're a little bit cash strapped. And we do love being on the American Christian Network, but um, we're potentially looking at some hard choices. And if you like hearing us uh, daily on the American Christian Network, we do need your help. We need to raise some cash. So you can uh, either hit the donate button right at the top of the page, or you can scan that QR code. Uh, you can give us cash or Bitcoin, possibly even a Satoshi, right? Satoshi, yeah. I've committed that word to my memory. Last but not least, if you want to get a hold of us, Church and State 1776 at proton.me. All right. Um, you want to know how I know that the government wastes money? Well, there's a lot of ways why. But I'm going to show you a visual aid here. Uh, yesterday, I got this in the mail, and I know I was visiting with my parents actually last night. I know a lot of other people got this thing as well. This is the voters' pamphlet. This is what comes out to us so we uh, can be informed, supposedly. In our, in our, uh, as we go to vote. But this thing is literally empty. There, there's nothing in this thing. Like, there's, there's a couple pages that, that give you some websites, uh, languages available, uh, accessible voting options, felony convictions. You know, there, there's a little bit of information. If I'm a victim of a crime, can I vote safely? What? Yeah, you can. 
What if I'm not 18 yet? You can't vote. Come on now. Didn't we used to teach civics? Like this, that's all that's in this thing. This is an absolute waste. And this got sent out to every single Washington voter. How much money did that cost? This thing is absolute garbage. I'm angry at this, this stupid display of government not using common sense and, and not wasting our taxpayer dollars. Ah, anyway, uh, uh, it's just a, a frustration for me. Um, I'm also extremely frustrated by Starbucks. Ladies and gentlemen, we really showed some woke companies our thoughts on their politics. And uh, Bud Light is the best example of this, right? Nobody drinks Bud Light anymore. Number one, the beer is terrible. Terrible beer. Not even really beer. But they're so woke. They, they you know, I mean, Dylan Mulvaney, nobody talks about him anymore. But, uh, but we had our voice collectively and we showed them how angry they had made us. Now, I know not everybody drinks beer, and, uh, but everybody seems to drink coffee. If you don't drink coffee and you're in America, move. Just, just move. Go back across the pond because tea is horrible. But Starbucks is, is definitely the, the biggest coffee joint in America. I don't know why. Their coffee is actually not very good. And we know they're woke. We know they're leftists. But as of late, they've been actually celebrating the Hamas attack on Israel. There's a picture here. Look, look at these leftists. Pat, do these leftists make you angry? I mean, just can you, if, if you were walking down the street, could you tell that they were socialists? Yeah, right? You can just see it. You can just see the, the pink hair, the tattoos. And now, obviously, the raised fist. That's kind of a sign as well, isn't it? They got the Black Lives Matter back there. But they're celebrating a terrorist attack. And I don't care who you are, what side you may have. Yeah, I, I know that my, my Twitter feed, uh, social media, it's, it's filled with people that are questioning the narrative. And we should. Okay, I, I always encourage my audience to question every single narrative that is coming at you. If the mainstream media is talking about something, question it. Okay? But here's the thing. We know the Hamas has engaged in acts of terrorism since their inception. Okay, we're not talking about the plight of the Palestinians here. We're talking about Hamas. They're celebrating it. This is disgusting. So I know Starbucks is around every single corner. I know it's very easy to go to one. But can we all collectively say no to this giant corporation that hates Christians and hates patriots. Can we all just go to these small shops? Now, look, we're in Washington State. This is a coffee mecca. Okay, it's not like we're in Oklahoma or something where these, these pop-up stores aren't on every corner. Drive around anywhere in Washington State. There are so many little coffee stands everywhere you go. You do not have to go to Starbucks. Stop going there. Stop eating their food. Find someplace else that you can spend your hard-earned cash so you don't have to support yahoos like this. These are the types of individuals that I just, I literally want to shake. I want to smack them. Speaking of smacking activists, we've got a local one. This guy's uh, an interesting character. In fact, at a recent city council meeting, he actually attacked yours truly. Yeah, I got up before the city council, and even though I had nothing to do 
with uh, with the resolution that they were voting on. He brought my name into it. This is a man by the name of Tom Robinson. No, that's not actually his real name. His, his arrest record actually says a different name, Tom Hagen or Haugen, some, however you say it. This guy's been a thorn in our side. He's been out at all of the TCAPs, the Church of Planned Parenthood protests that we do in front of Planned Parenthood. And he's a nasty individual, quite so. But he was recently at our most recent TCAP, and he engaged in some behavior that ultimately got him arrested. So I just want to say, I salute you, SPD. You guys are good men and women. But this guy, and we've got a video, and I won't play the whole video here, but I want you to see what he's doing. For the radio audience, this guy is across the street. He's got a bullhorn. He's being quite aggressive. He's yelling and screaming. And then he takes a, a rather large flashlight, puts it on strobe, and starts trying to blind people with it. Now, in the video, you can't even really tell, so I'm just going to explain this as well. He's facing traffic. We're on division, okay? The, one of the busiest roads in all of Spokane. He's on division. He's got this strobe light. This strobe light is hitting every single windshield of the cars that are driving. Do you think that might be a little bit dangerous? You know, strobe lights uh, can actually cause seizures in people. So this guy uh, clearly did not care at all about his actions and what they might uh, actually do to the traffic. And ultimately, he got arrested for it. Chris, go ahead and show our audience just a little bit of this video. Look, do with hey, law enforcement on, is coming. Get out of here, hey. little Willie. Do you see that? Go on, little Willie. Go home. Go home, little Willie. The police are here. Come on. Let's just go back across the way. Okay. You guys don't mind going back across the way. We're going. Hey, he's shining that my light. Yes. Good there job, SPD. Getting arrested. And this is what we should expect because what have we done as Christians as we stand in front of Planned Parenthood? We worship God. We play worship music, and we have a sermon, and we pray. Pray against the building. Pray against Planned Parenthood. Pray for mothers, fathers, who might think that this is their only option. They're in a place in life where perhaps they don't feel like they can support the child. Perhaps they've bought into the lie that this isn't actually a human being. It's just a, a cluster of cells. We pray for them. We try to point to other options. Adoption, homes that will actually house women that are in a crisis. That's the kind of things that we're doing as Christians. And then we have individuals like this who are so consumed with hate. Clearly, it's satanic in origin. This individual comes out and flips us off and yells and screams at us. And finally, he got arrested. And I think it's about time. Because the people that are on our side only engaging in peaceful protest, something that we have the ability to do, something that we are born with, something that the First Amendment spells out, that we have the right to assemble, that we have the right to petition our government for a redress of grievances. Well, one of the, most, one of the largest grievances that I have and many people like me have against this government is that they engage in the slaughter of unborn children. So we're going to continue to do so. And hopefully, these leftists who come out, get all angry, and act in asinine ways, they continue to be arrested. So once again, thank you, Spokane Police Department.
let's move on from there and uh, let's talk about Vladimir Putin. Now, I recently did an episode uh, which I dubbed Rooting for Putin, which, by the way, I'm not necessarily rooting for Putin. Okay, I just, I understand him. And I can, ex- I can actually respect his nationalist views. But there have been long rumors that Putin is actually dying. And now the mainstream media is actually starting to buy into this. Previously, before this, was a little bit more of the uh, alternative media that was reporting on this. But now we've got the news, uh, the mainstream news, that's reporting on this. And they're saying that his death is imminent. He's terminally ill. This creates, if if he goes, this is going to create uh, quite a lot of panic within the Russian border. This is an individual who's a strong man. As I said, he's a nationalist. And I'll tell you something else. He hates the globalists. He has aligned himself with the Russian people. Now, he's former KGB, and quite the dictator. But he hasn't aligned with the globalists. And obviously, I've been very open about the fact that this uh, Ukrainian war is just a proxy war. It's a money laundering scheme, and it's taking one country who is extremely corrupt and pitting them against the larger nation, using them to fight the war so we don't necessarily have to get our hands dirty. But when this happens, you're going to see a number of individuals in Russia that are going to try to lay claim to the power, to the throne, as it were, which will be interesting, interesting in the Ukrainian war, and it will be interesting as well in this new war in Israel. You see, Ezekiel 38 talks about a, there'll be a hook put in the jaw of what we believe to be Russia, Gog and Magog. And for the longest time, most people who study eschatology have always pointed to the fact that it's probably going to be oil. And they point to this alliance with Iran is, is named in one of them, but there's a number of other nations, Gomer, Kush, uh, that, that are named in these, this, this prophecy. And they pointed to the fact that it might be oil that actually brings in this alliance, this alliance that ultimately results in Armageddon. But I had another thought, a different thought, as I was looking at this story and other stories in the news. Perhaps it's not that. Perhaps it's globalism. You see, America, unfortunately, at the highest levels, has bought into the globalist plan, to their agenda. And I'm sorry to say this, and I hope the Christians understand my heart in this, but the secular government of Israel is globalist as well. Now, I'm not attacking Israel. As a Christian, I believe that God has a special place for that nation. I've said that before on this radio show. But their government has bought into the globalist agenda, the globalist lie. Ukraine, obviously, and there are many nations that I can go on and on and on about that have bought into this lie. Russia has not. And so as Russia is attempting to fight this agenda, they're going to need allies. And perhaps that is that hook in the jaw that is placed because, remember, The Lord is not surprised by any of these plans. The Lord is not surprised by a satanic agenda, by individuals that are wanting a one-world government. He knew it. He showed John it. It's all part of his plan. It's not their plan. 
But you have to understand, Satan knows the Bible. Satan knows the Bible so well that when he went to tempt Jesus, he used Scripture. Satan believes one of two things. One, that he can beat God. Or two, he's going to try to take as many of the creation that God loves the most with him to hell. These globalists who are clearly Satanists, I think they believe the lie that their God of light, (coughs) as they call him, that he's going to win. They're going to be kings and princes in Satan's realm. Sorry to tell him, that's simply not the case. You will be tortured eternally unless you change your ways. And it's never too late. Never too late. So keep your eyes on Russia. Watch what's going on with Putin. And watch the power vacuum and the power grab that's going to occur if, indeed, this story is correct, that he's terminally ill. Which leads me to uh, the, the last portion that I really wanted to spend a significant amount of time on. You see, we may be living in the end of days. And if we are, we got to get prepared. And I'm not talking about earthly preparation. I'm talking about spiritual preparation. We've got to get our hearts right. We've got to get our minds right. Because there is the potential that we're going to be here through a lot of it. I wanted to address a number of things as I close out the show in the last 10 minutes or so here. I personally believe that the pre-trib rapture is very dangerous doctrine. Now, it's not something that I want to fight people over, but it is something I want to debate people over. If you believe in the pre-trib rapture, you are my brother in Christ. Okay, nothing's going to take that away. There are going to be pre-trib, post-trib, mid-trib, post-wrath, pre-wrath, preterists, all of these different thoughts on eschatology, they're all going to be in heaven. But I still believe the pre-trib is extremely dangerous. And here's why. Because if the things that are laid out in the book of Revelation start to occur, and we're not whisked out of here, and we start being persecuted and tortured, our families, our children, what is that going to do to your faith? Are you going to start questioning things? I thought I was out of here. I thought I was chosen. I was special. That God would never allow me to feel any pain. Every single one of the apostles, the people that Jesus loved, that Jesus walked on this earth with, they all faced persecution. Most of them died horrible deaths. Even the, uh, the apostle that Jesus loved, John, he was boiled in oil, supernaturally saved. We can and will and have faced massive persecution. This pre-trib is, is, is dangerous. It's, it sets you up for failure. The Bible 
especially the book of Revelation, and I'm currently going through it with my, my small group. It's a very fun book to go through. And I think we should devote a little bit more time as Christians, especially as pastors, to take our congregations through it. It's a book that you can debate. And that's not very common in the Holy Word of God. Most of the time, the Scripture says it, and a story. But in Revelation, there's so many different thoughts and ideas. And it's hidden intentionally behind a veil to where we don't understand all of it. And that's what makes it fun to go through. But I just, I wanted to talk just a little bit about Matthew 24, which I know a lot of people love. I know a lot of people are very familiar with this scripture. But there's a lot of warnings here. A lot of things that as we read, we will see, yeah, this could be it. We've got the rumors of wars. We've got wars all over the place. We have earthquakes, false prophets. Lawlessness is increasing. And the love of many will grow cold. And I wanted to stop there. Do not let your first love grow cold. Revelation in the beginning with the letters to the different churches. This is also a warning to them. That their first love has grown cold. We cannot be only emotional in our faith. The heart is wicked. And I know far too many Christians who only understand their Christian faith at the emotional level. And if we are faced with persecution and torment, your emotions will not get you through it. Your holy laughter, your joy, so much of that will be taken away from you. You got to stand on the rock. And that rock is something that never changes. It's the scripture. It's prayer. It's being able to see and understand that it's temporary. All this persecution is just temporary. You will get through it. But only if you have that firm foundation. Go beyond just an emotional relationship. Study. Understand. Ask for divine revelation. He'll give it to you. He'll give you a group of people that you can rely on. That'll support you. Through all of these tough times. Matthew 24 is a warning to all of us to the people that are blessed enough to live in the end of days. And I, and I can't say that enough. There is literally no reason to fear what is coming at us. So many people refuse to read this book because of that fear. Because they, they look at their flesh. They say, I don't want to go through any of that. The people who do are blessed. The people who do 
get to get to be part of that first resurrection and live for a thousand years with Christ. Isn't that exciting? Isn't it exciting to know that if this is indeed the end, that that means Christ's return is imminent? How could you fear that? How could you be afraid of being in the presence of the one who created you and the one who sacrificed his very body so that you could be in communion with him? That's beautiful. That's not something to fear. I wanted to talk uh, just a little bit more on this this pre-trib. And I want to ask some questions. I want to ask some hard questions that'll maybe make you question it. Because if you question it, maybe you'll be prepared to go through times of trouble. I'm going to take you to Revelation 24 through 6. I saw... thrones on which were seated those who had been given authority to judge. And I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded because of their testimony about Jesus and because of the word of God. They had not worshiped the beast or its images and had not received its mark on their foreheads or their hands. They came to life and reigned with Christ a thousand years. The rest of the dead did not come to life until the thousand years were ended. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy are those who share in the first resurrection. The second death has no power over them, but they will be priests of God and of Christ and will reign with him for a thousand years. If we are raptured before the beast comes into power, then who are these people? Who are they that refuse the mark, that refuse to worship the beast, who get to participate in the millennial reign with Christ? who actually have been given authority to judge. Who are they? Are they the left behind? Those individuals that came to Christ after the rapture? I don't think so. I think the left behind series and movies are actually a great disservice to our Christian faith. Question this. Read it. Read it for yourself. Don't trust me on this. I mean, I read it word for word. But look it up yourself, Revelation 20, 4 through 6. These are individuals who did not take the mark, did not worship the beast. And they were beheaded for it. That sounds like persecution to me. Sounds like torment. But what does it matter? What does it matter to a Christian? If they lose their head, they lose their life. You can't beat us. We win. We win no matter what. This one will take you real quickly to 1 Thessalonians 4, 16. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout and the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. I want you to remember this one and I want you to read Revelation 14, 14 about the great harvest, about the sickle that is placed in the earth. I want you to look at the timeline and see that, yeah, the Antichrist has been on scene by the time this great harvest occurs. Church and State is sponsored in part by Patriot Church and the Constitution Party. I'm Caleb Collier, and I was born for a storm. 
Welcome to the fire.